John 13, starting at 31, says, Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, Whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say to you, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this all men shall know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. And that's all I'll read for right now. So again, Jesus here, speaking to his disciples, uh, speaking of those whom he has uh, uh, gathered with here, and, uh, and he speaks these words. And uh, it's not very many words, and it's not complicated to understand what he tells them here. He says, he says a new commandment I give you, uh, that you love one another. But he goes on to say that, that because of this love, they should have one toward another. He says, this is how uh, people will know that you are my disciples. Folks, uh, and, and, and the way this applies to the church is uh, when the world looks at the church, unfortunately, the world sees a lot of condemnation within the doors of a church house. The world sees a lot of bickering uh, within the doors of a church house, within the congregation of God's people. This is why so many people in the world say, I don't want to go down to the house of God. There's nothing but a bunch of hypocrites down there. Uh, there's nothing but a bunch of backbiting. There's nothing but this little uh, uh, pot of people is angry with that little pot of people. And God, or, uh, Jesus said to the disciples here, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Folks, how is it that Jesus loved the disciples? How is it that he loved those that he ministered to? Not just the 12 that he handpicked, but how is it that he loved all those in the different towns and the different villages and the different regions that Jesus went to? Jesus showed them that he loved them by the actions that he took on their behalf, by the actions that he made toward them. He didn't just walk up to them and say that he loved them. He didn't just uh, go to them and tell them these things. He showed them that he loved them. And that's the way every child of God should act toward a brother and a sister in Christ. But not only toward the brothers and the sisters. We should act like that toward the entire world. Whether they're lost whether they're saved, whether they're black, whether they're white, whether they're Christian, whether they're Jew, it doesn't matter. Jesus Christ, when he was asked what the greatest commandment was, he said that the greatest commandment was to love the Lord thy God, and the second greatest was to love thy neighbor as thyself. Folks, there ain't much else to love outside of God and outside of our neighbor. We can say that we love this. We can say that we love that. We can say that we love different things and different events and different times in our life but outside of almighty God and outside of our fellow human beings there is not much left to love but how do 
we show these folks that we love them. It's by the actions that we take. You look at the Ten Commandments. You look at the shall not covet thy neighbor's wife. If I look at my neighbor's wife in lust, I do not love my neighbor. If I lie to my neighbor, it's never done out of love. If I murder my neighbor, if I kill them, if I do any of those things, it is never done out of love. That's why Jesus said that on those, on the law and on the prophets hung this love of God and love of neighbor. If we can do those things, we can fulfill the entire law. That's not my thoughts. That is what Jesus Christ said himself. We need to do these things. We need to show these things to the lost, to the saved alike. Once again, too many times the church has, has I ain't saying here, I've never seen it here. Praise God for that. I've never once seen it here. But there's a lot of congregations out there that there's a lot of bickering takes place. In fact, me personally, I think a lot of people show up to the church services just to see what's going to happen between the people this Sunday to, to next Sunday and the next Sunday to see what arguments might break out. And folks, that's not the way it should be in a congregation of God people we should show that we love we should show that we care we should have compassion with our brothers and sisters we should have compassion on the lost people out there in the world why should we show compassion to them because they're on their way to hell and they don't have to go there and they got the same ticket out of hell which is Jesus Christ that you and I have it is our job it is our commission it is a commandment straight from Jesus Christ Christ, that we tell the lost about him, that we tell the lost, hey, you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to live this way. You don't have to die that way and end up in hell. There's a man named Jesus that died for you. That was the ultimate show of love. That was the ultimate action of love was Jesus Christ giving his life on a hill called Calvary for your sin and for mine. Hallelujah to Jesus for dying for my sin. That was action taken. But not only that, you look through his ministry. You look at all the things that he done, all the people that he healed. Now, folks, that was one to fulfill scripture, to fulfill prophecy. Because Jesus was healing people in manners that no one else could. And those manners pointed straight toward Messiah. Straight toward what Jesus was, Messiah. But he done it out of love. Now Jesus, he gave himself for love. I understand John 3.16, God so loved the world. I understand those things perfectly. But folks, God did not save you because he loves you. Jesus gave his life because he loves you. And God gave his only begotten son because he loves you. He gave the way for you to be saved because he loves you. But he did not save you out of love. He saved you for the sake of Jesus Christ. Brethren, the Bible says, Paul wrote, that we should forgive one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. God saved us. He forgave us. Made that way for us for the sake of Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ would not die in vain. That wasn't love. That was for the sake of Jesus. Jesus gave himself out of love for you, love for me, and love for the Father to do 
the Father's will. Hallelujah. For all these things, the folks we show, we show that we love out of our actions. It's one thing to say I love you. It's one thing. And y'all know, y'all know people just like I do. They tell you they love you and you question it. You wonder if they really do. I got people like that in my life and you do too. Every one of us do. Do they really love me? Would they really do this for me? Would, would they really do that for me? Folks, let me tell you, before I was saved, I was the father of two boys before I got saved. I would have gladly laid down my life in the road for either one of those boys. I had love for them. I had love for my children. But after I got saved, after I got saved, that love multiplied for my children. I didn't, I, I, I had some love for my boys. I knew that they were of my flesh and that they were of my blood. They were of my loin and I understood that. And I would have gladly laid down my life for either one of those boys. But hey, once I got saved, once I, uh, once I got saved, once I was loved by the one who is loved, for the Bible says that God is love. Does it not? That's what the first book of Little John says. That God is love. Once I was loved by the Father and He showed me what true love was. Hey, it was multiplied. It was multiplied many times after that. Then I could show them the way unto salvation. I couldn't do that before. I couldn't show them what true love was, which is God. God is love in its absolute purest form. What we have here as, as people on planet earth once and when we are lost, that is not pure love and it's hard to keep that pure love even after we're saved. But God is love. God is love and no one else. And once we have that love of God, we should show it, not just say it to the entire world. Jesus done that very thing in his ministry. He told about God. He told about the Father. He told, he told all these things, but he showed. He said a lot of things, but he showed. When they came to him, when the disciples said, send these folks away, thousands of people, send them away. Send them away, what did Jesus say? No, we need to feed them. You need to feed them. So there's, there's multitudes of these people. Jesus had compassion on those folks, though. He had compassion on the people that had followed him. Had compassion on the people that came to hear his teaching. Now, some of them, granted, and the Bible backs it up, some of them just showed up to see a miracle or two. They just wanted to see what next wondrous thing that Jesus Christ would work. But hey, Jesus did not withhold the miracles from them. He did not withhold uh, them seeing. He didn't withhold the teaching. He didn't withhold anything from them. He still multiplied the bread. He still multiplied the fish. He still fed them until they were all full. In fact, they had baskets of leftovers that were there that the disciples gathered afterward. He did not withhold these things, but it was up to the individuals that seen those miracles, whether they accepted that Jesus Christ was indeed Messiah, whether they accepted the love that he had just shown them by feeding them. Hey, folks, it was no different with the ten lepers that Jesus healed. He sent them away and only one of them, a half-breed Samaritan, returned to give him thanks, to give him praise, and to worship him. But he showed love to all ten of them. Amen. But only one returned. 
only one return, but Jesus showed love. How are we showing love? How do we show love? Do we do it in actions or do we do it by verse? <clears throat> do we do it in actions? Do we do it with our tongue? Folks, Jesus done it in actions. We need to do it in actions as well. Yeah. We, we as the people of God have got to uh, have got to take action with how we do this. Little John says uh, says to love not not in word but in deed and in truth. That's what First John says. In deed, not in word. Don't just love in word, because folks, talk comes cheap. Hey, that's uh, that, uh, that's a saying that I've heard all my life, and it really does. But it's what we do with our actions toward a fellow human being that exhibits the love that we have for them. I know I know what the Bible says. Jesus taught it himself that if somebody smites us on the, upon the cheek, we should turn the other cheek toward them. Folks, that's hard for me to do, and that'd be hard for anybody sitting within these walls to do. It's a difficult thing, but that's the commandment given by Jesus Christ. It says if a man compels you to walk with him a mile, walk with him twain. Sometimes that's a hard thing to do. Sometimes it's difficult just to get that first mile down with whomever it is, but it's not a suggestion by Jesus Christ that we do these things. It was a commandment of Jesus Christ that we do these things and folks these are all actions that I'm talking about that we take toward our fellow man and that exhibits the love of God it does me no good to get up here and preach hell and preach destruction and preach somebody uh, somebody burning forever in a lake of fire somebody being punished forever in a lake of fire if I do it outside of love that, that's when it becomes striking. Yeah. It becomes striking if I do that. If I giggle, and I've heard preachers do it, if I giggle about people going to hell, folks, that's striking. And that ain't something that a child of God should ever do. I want no one to go to hell. I don't care if it's, if it's little Billy that took my lunch money when I was five years old in school and I've held a grudge against him for the past 40 years or 50 years or 60 or however long it's been. I don't care if it's the neighbor that kicked my dog or kicked my cat. I don't care who it is or what they've done to me. Jesus Christ does not suggest that we love anyone. He commands that we love everyone. What does Paul say in 1 Corinthians 13? He says, though I speak with the tongue of man and the tongue of angels and have not charity um, become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. In other words, it doesn't matter how many tongues he speaks with. doesn't matter what he says. If he doesn't, outside of love, it'll make no difference to anyone that hears it. Yeah. And I'm in the same boat, and you are too, if we do these things outside of charity, yeah. outside of love. What's the Bible say at the end of that same chapter? It says, it says faith, hope, and charity. But the greatest of these is not faith and it is not hope. It's charity. The greatest of those things is charity. Folks, the greatest gift that God has given us is His love. And His love is eternal. God is eternal. Therefore, His love is eternal. Everything about God is eternal. Read 1 Corinthians 13 sometimes. You read all these little attributes about love. All these little sections about love. All these things about love. Those are telling you about attributes of Almighty God. God. God is love. And in, 
and he is nothing but love. Now, folks, that destruction's coming. I preached about destruction coming this morning. When that comes, it will not be done out of love. That'll be done out of wrath. It'll be done out of fury. It'll be done out of anger for everyone that rejected the truth of Jesus Christ. The time for love when final destruction comes, love is out the window. That is vengeance because the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will recompense. But it's the same God. It's the same God. Now, he chases those who he loves. That final destruction that's coming, that I brought up this morning, that's not chastisement. That's punishment. That's punishment. Now, when I'm chastised by God, and when you're chastised by God, it's done out of love. It's done because you belong to God. When I chastise my boys, when they was little, they get out of line. They done something I done told them three times not to do. And I took that belt to their backside. I didn't do it because I hated them. I didn't do it because I enjoyed it. I done it to correct them. I done it to show them, hey, there's consequences to your actions. God does the same thing. When, when we sin, when we, uh, when we as a child of God, and we sin, and God, and, and, and God chastises us, and He takes that rod of chastisement to our backside, it is not done because He hates us. It's not done because He's through with us. It's done because we belong to Him. He is our Father, and He has every right in the world to chastise that which belongs to him. And he will chastise that which belongs to him. The Bible says if we don't have chastisement, then we are bastards and not sons. I'm glad I'm a son. I'm a child of the one true king. And I'm glad that he will keep me in line as he sees fit. And when he does it, he does it out of love. Thank God for it. The new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also loved one, loved one another. As I, have, as I have loved you in action by showing you that I love you. In action. So we love you one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Mm-hmm. If you have love one to another. Mm-hmm. When, when the world steps into the church house, whether it's here or anywhere else, that's what they should see. They should see love. They should see nothing but love between God's people. What's he telling me? He says, they shall know that ye are my disciples. The world will know that you're my disciples. We should know each other. We say all the time that, the, that we'll know each other by the fruits that we bear. And you be careful which scripture you're using for that because if you're using what Jesus preached on the Sermon on the Mount, he was speaking specifically about false teachers. So be careful what scripture you're using uh, that we're quoting there. But, but we, we can know each other by our fruits. But how is Jesus saying here we will know one another? Because of love. Because of love that we have, not only for brothers and sisters in Christ, but for everybody that walks in the church house doors. There have been too many churches split. There have been too many churches that have, that have shut the doors. Too many pastors have quit. Too many deacons have handed in resignations over silly stuff that should have been resolved by using Scripture. If we use this book that God has given us, then there should be no problems like that. Problem 
problems will arise in the church, but they can all be uh, they can all be settled and they can all be resolved by using the word of God. I spoke to Roger just a week or two ago and I told him, hey, there's entire chapters in the word of God that are written on how to solve certain problems that arise within the church. But the church chooses to neglect those chapters, chooses to skip over those chapters and they choose to go their own way. That's why we have so many splits. That's why we have so many doors closing. That's why we have anger instead of love within the congregation of the saints. Folks, it's not meant to be that way. It was never meant to be that way. God give us this book as instruction on how to handle the church. And that's what we should use in how how to handle the problems that arise within the church instead of backbiting, instead of smart electing, instead of all these other things that we as human beings want to do. We need to use the Word of God and the Spirit of God as our teacher and show some love toward our brothers and sisters in Christ. And what does that do? And when we do all those things, it's showing that we love in action. In action. As I've loved you, so love you one another. I'm sorry. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. As Jesus has loved those disciples, that's the exact way we are to love one another. The folks, the disciples, later on, the apostles, they had to rebuke one another. Oh yeah. Paul had to do some rebuke. Yeah. Over in the book of Acts, mm-hmm. they had to rebuke each other in the Gospels a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Jesus rebuked them more than once in the Gospels. Rebuked oh, Peter yeah. more than once, but he rebuked other ones as well. There was one time within the Gospels that John, the very one that wrote this Gospel that we're reading from this evening, John came to Jesus bragging. He said, hey, there was one casting out demons in your name, and he follows not us. We sent him on his way. We sent him packing because he's not part of our little inner circle. And Jesus said what'd you do that for hey if he's not against us he's for us it doesn't matter folks and people will do that they'll do it with denomination they'll do it with association they'll do it uh, with conferences and everything else if we're not part of their group of people if we're not in that little circle hey they don't want anything to do with us the people of God should be able to congregate together and worship God and and, and praise God and love one another regardless of the denomination or association or anything else. If we are God's, we need to love one another as God's word says to. Now, can I go and worship with those folks? If Jesus Christ is being preached or taught in their congregation and it's Christ and him crucified, there's love. Absolutely. Absolutely, I could go. Now, their services may seem bland to us. They might have a different little form of worship than what we do, but they sing songs, do they not? Sometimes they might have testimony. It might not be as dramatic as some churches are, but they'll have testimony. And they have all these things. They have Bibles. And folks, if the Spirit of God is there, then God is there, plain and simple. And we can worship with those folks. And it it throws a curveball at me why the people of God have such an issue gathering together and worshiping like at these tent revivals sometimes you'll get four or five churches underneath one tent and people will look at that and they'll say well praise God until you realize that every church under the tent is a southern baptist church or an independent baptist church or a free will baptist church folks that is not gathering the people
people of God together that is gathering the nominations together. The people of God are not separated by denomination. Denomination leads to nothing more than segregation of something that God has put together. And it shouldn't be that way. I'm telling you, if we ever have a revival here, I'm inviting everybody. I don't care what denomination they are. And you know where else I'm going to put up flyers? Liquor stores. I'll go to every liquor store in the area. I'll go to every street corner I know prostitutes hang out. I'll go to every everywhere I know where there's a drug den, folks. And listen, I know where there's several of them downtown. I'll go everywhere and put up flyers. That's the folks that need to hear the gospel. Now, we as saved, saved born-again children of God, we need to continually hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to continually hear about the love that He has for us and the love that He showed us by offering Himself a sacrifice on Calvary's hill. We need to continually hear that, that we don't forget what He done for us. Well, And that is the gospel, is it not? That you are a sinner and that you needed a Savior and that Jesus is that Savior. He died, was buried, and was resurrected and praise God he ascended to the Father and he makes intercession now that comprises the gospel of Jesus Christ we need to continually hear these things and the lost need to hear it that they might be saved faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God everybody needs to hear it and Us taking an action like that. And listen, I ain't bragging on Spencer when I said I'm hanging up flyers everywhere if that happens. I ain't bragging on me a bit. That is taking action. That is taking action to show love to those folks. Folks, I didn't deserve salvation. And you didn't deserve salvation. And they don't deserve salvation. But I've got it. Why wouldn't I want to share it? That is love. Sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you better believe if that ever happens. And I'm hanging up flyers. And somebody comes up to me. And they question it. I don't care what they look like. I don't care how hungover they look. Or how zoned out they look on heroin. Or coke or anything else. I don't care how bad they smell. I'll sit there and I will tell them about Jesus Christ. I'll tell them about the good gospel. I'll tell them about the good God. Who is love. I'll tell them about the Bible. I'll tell them there's a way. out from underneath that sin that's got them pinned down that's got them dead in their trespasses and I'll tell them that God can lift them up breathe new life into them and they can have eternal life more abundantly through our Lord Jesus Christ that is the action of love it's the exact same thing that Jesus did that's what Jesus did he came and represented God to an entire world he came to represent it first to the Jew. Ain't that where the gospel first came to? To the Jew first, then to the Greek. Mm-hmm. I believe that's how Paul phrased it. Yeah. It came to the Jew first. When the Jews rejected it, there was a whole other fold. Oh, yeah. A whole other fold, Jesus said. Mm-hmm. He said, that's fine. Y'all won't take it? I know some people that will. That's when the Gentiles, that's when you and I come, uh, came into play. And praise God for that. I've said many times, I may have said it here at this church, I don't know. But anytime we pass a true blue Jew on the street corner, we ought to hug them. We ought to kiss them because if they had accepted Messiah the first time he came, there would be no hope for us Gentiles. There would be no hope for you and no hope for me had they.
they accepted him on his first advent to this earth. There would be no hope for us because that would have ushered in what we read about in the back of the book. That would have ushered in the end times sooner than what we would have thought. But God had a plan. God knew what was going to happen. God knew that he would come into his own and his own would receive him not. He understood that these things would happen. That's why we have a place in the kingdom of God. That's why Rahab the harlot that I preached about this morning, she had a place in the kingdom of God and the plan of God. That's why all these others, Tamar, she had a place in the kingdom of God. Ruth, a Moabite woman, had a place in the kingdom of God. All of us Gentiles, we have our place through Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God because of love. Because God wanted that. Because we had been cast off, cast away from God, His very creation cast away. He made a way that we could be brought back in, reconciled to Him, and He done it through Jesus Christ. By this shall all men know ye are my disciples. By what? By love. By the action of love that we show. If ye have love one to another. If we have love one to another, one to another, all men, lost and saved alike, will know that we're disciples of Christ. What are we depending on that people will know that we're a disciple of Christ? Are we depending on people seeing us walk through these church doors? Are we depending on them seeing us carry a Bible under our arm? Are we depending on them seeing us bow our head in prayer before we... Hey, folks, we need to do all those things. Don't you get me wrong. But they are those, even those aren't essential to salvation, though. Faith is what's essential to salvation. And nothing but faith is essential to salvation. But that's not what we depend on for the world to know that we are a disciple of Christ. John, uh, John spoke of love more than any of the other disciples in his writings. He spoke of love more often than what he did here. And Jesus spoke of love over in the books of 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. John spoke of love. Hey, John was big on love. Why? Because he had an understanding of what Christ was preaching or teaching the disciples here in John 13. John wanted that uh, the, the brethren to love one another because of was a commandment of God. Don't depend on anything outside of the love that we have for one another to show the world that we are the disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. These people overseas, <clears throat> it ain't quite happened here yet, but it's coming. These people overseas that are martyred for the sake of Christ. They get martyred doing what? Because of what? Most of them get caught in underground churches. Most of them get caught congregating together to do what? To worship God. Why is that? Why can't we just, you know, say we love God, say that we're saved? And we can't do those things, yeah. But why do they want to congregate? Because another one in 1 John, you shall know you have passed from death unto life because you love the brethren. Yeah. If you love the brethren, mm -hmm. you'll want to be where the brethren are at. Mm -hmm. You'll want to be congregated with as many brethren as you can be. And we know we have passed from death unto life because we love them. Folks, if somebody's in a church house and they ain't showing love toward a brother or sister in Christ, I don't think they got it. They can't have it. According to what I read in the scriptures. If they're just there, if it's, one, if it's somebody that only shows up to start trouble, 
If it's somebody that shows up to see if somebody wore the same dress two weeks in a row. And I've heard people talk about that in the church house. I've heard people talk about women in the church house for wearing the dress, the same dress two Sundays in a row. Shame on those people. Shame on them. I don't think they've got the love of God in them if that's what they're paying attention to. Right. But we know, we, we know we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. These folks that get martyred and they're dragged out sometimes in the public, sometimes they're killed in prisons, sometimes they're dragged out uh, to, to the, the sea bank. I mean, there's all kinds of places that they're dragged out to. But folks, most of them get what we call busted, get caught doing that because they're congregating together. Because, they're, because they have come together to worship God. Folks, we ain't got that bad yet. We, it hasn't gotten that bad in America. We are still at liberty to congregate just as we have this evening. Just as we have this evening. Uh, anytime that we want to. To congregate and worship God. But those people, they were congregating uh, and risking their lives. Risking arrest. Risking uh, being dragged away from their families for God only knows how long. To do what? To worship God and to be with the brethren. That was action that they were taking. Uh, an action of love that they were showing not to the world but to the brethren. We should love one another. And if the world sees us loving one another, one disciple loving another disciple, they will know whose disciple we are. There's disciples all over the world. Oh, yeah. There's people that follow sports heroes. There's people that follow rock stars mm -hmm. and different musicians and different celebrities. And, and those, basically, if you look at the term disciple, that's what they are. They're disciples of those people. They follow them around everywhere. Philosophers, back in the Bible days, they had, they had disciples. They had those that followed them. John the Baptist in the scripture, he had his own disciples. He wasn't a philosopher, but they, they saw him as a rabbi and he had men that followed him around listening to his teaching. Hey, well, you might have disciples in your life whether they're children, grandchildren, nephews, nieces, whatever they are. They, they follow you around and they listen to your teaching. Are we teaching them the love of God or are we teaching them something from the world? Are we teaching them scripture or are we teaching them philosophy? Are we teaching them what matters to God or are we teaching them what matters to the world? We need to teach them love. Amen. And the only way we can do that is by this book. Right. By he who is love. God is love. And I thank God that he is. He loved me enough to send his son. To send his son to die in my place. <clears throat> I sing that song sometimes. <clears throat> Jesus signed my pardon. And I've told you all before I sung that song when I was, or my, my mama sung that song when I was real little. And I didn't understand it then. I really didn't. Uh, I, I didn't understand what it meant uh, there towards the end uh, of the song where it says, uh, now I have a mansion and not a prison wall. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't understand it was talking spiritually then. I yeah. thought it was somebody that was literally physically in a prison. Mm -hmm. and, and now because they follow Jesus, he's put them in a mansion somewhere. Yeah. I didn't understand that. But it was talking spiritually. But... Uh, Jesus done those things though out of love and, and as I, after I got saved and I grew in the Lord all that stuff you know it, it came to make sense to me 
Uh, some of the things I heard when I was a child hadn't paid attention to uh, for 20, 25 years. Uh, hadn't even heard in that amount of time. They started to make sense to me after I got saved. Folks, that was the love of God working in my life. That was the Spirit of God uh, uh, working in my life, showing me those things. If it takes the Spirit of God to show us things that we may have heard when we were 5 or 10 years old and we didn't really understand until we were 30 or 40 or maybe 50, if it took the Spirit to show us those things, you better believe it'll take the Spirit to show us the love of God and show us how we are to show the love of God. If we do it outside the pages of what thus saith the word of God, it will be for naught and it will be in vain. And if we do it outside of the Spirit, it will not be in the love of God that we do it. But with the Spirit dwelling in you and the Spirit dwelling in me, how can we as a child of God show the world the love of God outside the Spirit if He is within us at all times? We show them love constantly. We show them, not tell them. We show them love constantly. And that is how they know we are the disciples of Jesus Christ. And folks, if that shows them whose disciples we are, just on a side note, I thought of Spencer's. If that shows them that we are disciples of Jesus Christ, it also shows them whose disciple we are not right. if we have love one to another. Mm-hmm. 